welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Cale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. Thank you, Billy Hubble, for that introduction. This morning I want to uh, actually re-record from my study uh, a sermon previously given, but which was uh, lost to a technical difficulty uh, in our recording process. Uh, this uh, these these thoughts were shared first uh, during worship on Pentecost Sunday. Uh, Pentecost being the traditional uh, day uh, that is often referred to as the birthday of the church, and so uh, here in the uh, uh, quiet calm of Monday morning uh, in my office, I begin with an observation, and that is in so many ways uh, the church has not failed us. But we have failed the church. We have failed at being the church in the world. From Pentecost uh, gospel reading, Jesus said, For this reason I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. It was Pilate who then asked Jesus, What is truth? A profound question uh, from the man who would ultimately order our Lord's uh, execution. I would observe that one sad truth this day is that as a society in general and on Pentecost, the church in particular, we have failed the adolescent male children in our midst. We have failed our sons and grandsons, and we as a church have particularly failed the enormous cohort of boys without fathers in our country because of the increasingly degraded moral compass of the late 20th and 21st centuries in both American civil society and in the Christian church in America. At the same time, society has made great strides on behalf of our daughters, and I have two highly successful daughters, and I'm thankful for the opportunities vocationally and otherwise given them. I I observe that we have uh, shifted our focus uh, away from our sons, and they uh, are trying to tell us something collectively about that error. Parity and vocational opportunities is near achievement, uh, and enrollment in higher education is tipped, I think, slightly toward women over young men uh, in these recent years. And I know of no employment where there exists two separate pay scales, one for men and one for women. Uh, I know that police officers, firefighters, other uh, vocations are simply staffed by the person, not their gender. And I don't accept often the job equivalency arguments where someone, usually with an agenda, decides what equal jobs look like or are to be called. We have uplifted and extolled the value and worth of our daughters, as I said, but we have done so at what price? Are we not capable of doing more than one thing at the same time? The sad state of affairs is that uh, far more than any firearm or inanimate object I know of, uh, that's what lies what lies at the heart of the decimation of young men in America is uh, a 
uh, a destruction of their spiritual worth, of their sense of spiritual value within society. Uh, And I fear that the church is uh, not owning up to its culpability in the situation as we have fixated and focused upon other far, far more trivial things. A nation's collective failure, more than any excuse, can be uh, offered accounts for why, in recent weeks, yet another adolescent on the cusp of manhood chose to lash out against fellow students in the latest in a series of high school shootings, the most recent in Texas. But no one seems to lie what lies behind these cries, what lies behind these painful uh, occurrences. And I'm going to suggest to you, it is not an inanimate object. When I grew up, there were firearms aplenty available. Uh, That's not changed. What we as a church and society has changed, though, what we have become is different than what we were. And I fear what has been driving our differences has not been rooted in Scripture because I consider us a minimally uh, literate uh, scriptural uh, denomination, Uh, but we are at the vanguard of social change. What has changed has the church. I fear society is unwilling or unable to hear uh, that very real possibility, uh, for the possibility calls into question some powerful interests and assumptions. And so again, on Pentecost, uh, I reflected and observed that we have in many ways failed as a church. We have failed also as civil society or a church within society. Even more tragically, no one's seeking real answers uh, of saving ourselves from ourselves. What accounts for the collective failure? Likely no single shortcoming but rather a coalescence of factors which individually seem innocuous enough, but when taken together combine to form a deadly mixture among teenage boys of alienation, isolation, directionlessness, and hopelessness that erupts into rage and self-destruction when a school shooting takes place. Who among us cannot describe the shooter with uncanny precision before they are ever identified. When there are riots in the streets of America's inner cities, who among us cannot identify the rioters before, before the first camera arrives on the scene or rolls? Whether black or white, the common trait is that those who rage are largely or maybe exclusively young men, boys growing into manhood chronologically, and while so doing, receiving a message they're not as valued or as important uh, parts of the community, that they are somehow possessed of toxic masculinity, and not much is expected of them, and as a class, they will always be suspect. The degree of man-shaming that I see on TV commercials is appalling. I encourage you, uh, when you are watching TV next, apply this test. Reverse the gender roles of the principal actors in many TV commercials and ask yourself with the same commercial air if uh, the not-so-bright character were a female or if a female character had to hang her head in shame for not choosing the right product being advertised. Sociologists make it clear that boys need men to help corral 
and direct their growing strengths and energies. Uh, that's just a, uh, a biological fact. Young men are possessed of uh, energies and strengths that are on the increase, and those energies and strengths beg for direction. Boys need guides. Boys with absent or non-existent fathers are far more likely to run afoul of many social expectations, and that is why historic rites of passage for boys to become men uh, have been so important across cultures and across time and place. But those same rites of passage for boys are increasingly in our day belittled, betrayed, or outright obliterated. Over my lifetime, social programs intended to help society have actually made the presence and role fulfillment of men as fathers less and less valued and important. The role of men in society has been redistributed as well as redefined. Rather than strong defenders, boys are taught to become feared predators or impotent observers. Take your pick. Every Saturday, I see young adolescent male offenders at the Pine Hills uh, Youth Correctional Facility, and I observe over the decades that those boys on the cusp of manhood have changed. And now I see there as well adult men, and the men tragically look like older copies of the boys, young adult males, either filled with boastful machismo or possessed of vacant faces, wondering just how the heck they got to where they are, and largely clueless. Why? Because society and the church has failed them. They react to social failure in wrongful ways, and find themselves incarcerated. Oh, now there's much buzz about prison reform uh, in Congress and also in our denomination. But the real reformation that must take place to right the ills that we have created has to be beyond prison walls. We have to save our young male children before they go blank or before they become gang bangers or before they suffer the effects of absent fathers and become school shooters. The church is about the care of souls. But from Congress, Senator Nancy Pelosi was right last week or a few weeks ago in observing that there is a, quote, spark of divinity in every person. That spark does exist, even in gang members, but it can be extinguished. That spark must be redeemed before it is lost. I suggest that the spark of divinity also, but this is for another time, exists in the heartbeat of every unborn child, if that unborn child can be saved before they are flushed away by social conventions and permissive laws. In the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, the ELCA, there's now a process underway to produce yet another social statement, this one titled Women and Justice. I encourage you to look it up and read it. It is lengthy, some 75 pages long at present. I have read the 70 plus page draft and find it to be primarily uh, a relitigation of 3,000 years of Judeo-Christian history laced with a lot of theological double talk meant to undergird today's social conventions on sexual orientation in particular and all its supposed glorious iterations. I'm not sure how we quite got to this point. 
Church leaders are excellent wordsmiths. They are by definition. But the document's overarching theme is that women, and the variations upon what it is to be a woman, still get a tough break, both in society and in the church. It is proposed we solve such problems by efforts like stripping male-sounding pronouns from the liturgy and future translations of scripture so as not to confuse or denigrate women or girls any longer. And I, I offer this observation from the perspective now an old man uh, who served under the jurisdiction of a female bishop uh, for most of his ministry and whose denomination is under the jurisdiction of a female presiding bishop. Um, and I, I suspect if we look at our seminaries, we'll find uh, predominantly female candidates for ministry. And so uh, I find there are more pressing things that we really ought to be addressing. Again, we are only a barely uh, uh, literate, scripturally speaking, denomination. And yet we do not focus upon such things, but rather focus on things that are of the world, not just in the world. The church is fiddling while Rome burns. No one, I should think, uh, begrudges or belittles the many strides made in parity in fields of endeavor between men and women. We applaud such things. But those gains will be rendered moot if the whole of society descends into some sort of anarchy upon our city streets, mayhem in our schools, and our sons stripped of their sense of dignity and worth. We can do more than one thing at the same time. Last week I spoke about the new colonizers who see something they want in society and in the name of justice lay claim to it. This is a form of taking, and such taking dispossesses former placeholders of their sense of well-being and self-identity. But at what price? Rather than a true joining together in the spirit of unity, uh, the late 20 and 21st century social justice efforts have hit particularly hard on one demographic. And we're seeing the consequences of it. Boys and the young men from lower socioeconomic classes are now the ones finding it increasingly difficult to figure out how they fit in, how to become men that they're trying to be. It is their image of God that is being compromised. Too many boys have been left without guides, into manhood, engaged father models, and what guides they once had are being colonized, that is, taken away. In response, undirected masculinity, searching masculinity, lives down rather than up to the diminished expectations uh, imposed upon it, and it doesn't feel good. It hurts, and young boys and young men are crying out. Corporations market to the passions and energies among adolescents' boys. They produce video games far more appealing to boys than to girls that not only distract boys from their deeper and, yes, spiritual yearnings, but teach them strategies for life and tactics for homicide and destruction. There are even games to play on how to assault a school. Yes, indeed, I see strong evidence that society has failed its boys on the cusp of manhood. I also know that is an observation kept to oneself. I am disappointed, but not surprised, that it should be so within the government, but within the church. I am disappointed. Politics is about control. 
and about the use of social programs. Uh, Social programs are an effective mechanism for control. I am more deeply saddened that the church, and the ELCA in particular, should be so blind and one-dimensional to these problems when it could and should be more insightful. I say this as a former member of the ELCA Task Force on Criminal Justice, where I experienced firsthand the process of writing the denomination's social statements. And I can tell you that from the top floor of our Chicago headquarters, the world looks very different uh, than it does seen from the streets, where I have also seen uh, the realities of young men in trouble. I offer that from a 36-year perspective in the church, and that's why I dare admit that we have failed and ask the question that Pilate first mouthed centuries ago, what is truth? The Congress will talk, and indeed their talk is already fading away in these intervening weeks between the shooting, the most recent in Texas, and the time that I record this message. Misdirection will take place. Violence will continue. The church will indulge itself, or at least its loudest and most persistent voices, in addressing social issues, but they do so largely without scriptural foundation. Adolescent boys will continue to die and be incarcerated. Dispirited men will be conspicuous by their absence from the church. Where are the men? Jesus will weep, as he did at the tomb of Lazarus, for Jesus was once an adolescent himself on the cusp of manhood. Only Jesus had a father, and he found in Joseph a strong protector and guide into manhood. Jesus' mother watched as her only son stood unyielding to the powers of evil and unbent by those who thought might was right. Mary saw Jesus crucified for his fidelity to God, but she also saw him rise. Let us pray the mothers of the young men, so now confused and on the cusp of manhood, also see their young sons rise rise to lives of dignity and strength, rather than to succumb to our, the church's, failures. As the church, sometimes so proudly we fail. We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 Kale Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.